Did you follow the action at Dude of Guangxi? Of course. Is Jasper Philipsen's 2023 win record an impressive stat? Definitely. Do you like the 2024 Giro course? Yes. Do you think Tadej Pogacar will be at the start of Giro d'Italia next year? No. I've got the sparse, the sickness. There's the twins in my brain. Tour of Guangxi has almost come to an end, which means the 2023 cycling season is almost history. In the meantime, the course of Giro d'Italia 2024 has been presented. The trip through Italy will be the main topic of this domestic cycling podcast episode. And joining me today is Dieter. Welcome, Dieter. Hello. Tell me, uh, Tour of Guangxi, do you think that's a nice end of the cycling season? If the uh, if they uh, chose a better course, I think there are almost endless uh, options for a, for a beautiful course in that area. So I feel like they, yeah, just like the Tour of Britain, like they choose so many uh, flat stages. Well, there are there are yeah options to to have so much amazing stages. So that makes the race way less popular than uh, it could be well i have the feeling that not a lot of people are interested in a, a stage race in china that late um in the season but that's not the case for you i still still watch to be honest uh, but i also have the feeling now that's about the first time i think like pro season is, is good i want to watch the cycle across <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me, tell me for the people that didn't watch Tour of Guangxi, what are the main takeaways? Milan Vader confirming is an absolute animal on the bike. Uh, I I had heard that he um, had uh, like top three, top three or top five of uh, five minutes uh, uh, power in uh, in Jumbo Visma uh, relative to weight watts per kilo. Uh, yeah, and he confirmed that. I think it wasn't to a headwind that he attacked. Uh, and uh, Rocha had big watts, so Vader had even bigger watts. And, and from the rest, yeah, Milan was a beast again. We didn't see him after the Giro, but he's <laughs> back to being a beast. Like I think the second stage, he it was a headwind. He started to sprint at 250 meters, and he just won. Like and with good sprinters in his wheel. Um, the guy came back from a big injury. Uh, is now back uh, on the top level. What do you think can we expect for 2024 uh, of Milan Vader? In what races will we see him, do you think? Um, I think he also said that this year, I think that he wants to go for races like Stade Bianchi, etc. More like uh, having a top three five-minute power of Jumbo is insane. I mean... Open pro cycling sets. Look at all the riders. Like only Rog, uh, Roglic and Jonas are going to be the ones that beat him. So we beat all the all the riders uh, in that area, and that's that's what you need to have for races like Amstel Gold Race, uh, like Basnake, like, but also pinchy uh, ends of a stage like you have in Catalonia or something like. Or, yeah. So a lot of options to be honest, in my opinion. 
Dieter, something else. Um, Jasper Philipsen is the rider with the most victories in 2023. He raised his arms 19 times this season. Do you pay a lot of attention to that win record stat? If if I was Jasper Philipsen myself, I would be so proud of that. That's yeah, we have we have Pogacar competing for the win in every race. You have Remco Evenepoel competing in the win for every race, and you win more races than those guys. Yeah, that's insane and something to be very proud of. Um, Philipsen focused on getting that win record uh, since September, I think. Um, he took it uh, last week in a Tour of Turkey. Do you think, do you rate his um, record stats bigger than, than what Tadej Pogacar achieved? No. Tadej Pogacar won Vlaanderen and uh, Lombardij two monuments. Uh, yeah, if if Philips won World Champs and Roubaix, he would have won. But now, yeah, Pogacar is just miles ahead, to be honest. But still, um, no one will say that the season Jasper Philipsen had was bad. On the contrary, it was uh, it was excellent. Um, I already said that the main focus of this episode is the course of Giro d'Italia 2024. So let's dive into it. What was the first thing you thought when when you first got to see the course? First time I saw it, I was like, nah, shit parkour. And then I looked at it some more times, and then I started to think from. Hmm, this can make for a for a pretty good race actually. So, what was the the game changer? You know, I don't know. First, I thought ah, again uh, a sluggish race until the last week. Then I began to I began to think there are some uh, options for the yeah like this gives me this gives me twenty twenty zero vibes. And um, it's possible that there's a, a, the best climber in Retreat that he will finish like 25th the whole first two weeks and then write everyone into and yes. demolish everyone uh, in, in Retreat like uh, Gilgenacht, Hindley and, and Kelderman did back then. So that makes for a pretty exciting race, I think. Let's start with the opening weekend, which is, in my opinion, pretty interesting. Uh, stage one isn't a time trial and it isn't a flat stage uh, for sprinters either. Um, it has an interesting climb towards the end. And then stage two is a mountain finish, a kind of tribute to uh, Marco Pantani. Do you think we, we can expect already fireworks in those two first days? That first day... If you're yeah, dropped as a GC rider there, uh, yeah, you don't have to search anything uh, in, the, in, in the GC, to be honest. Uh, but the second stage, uh, you need to be in, the, in good shape already. Because uh, if you peak for, for week three, which, uh, well, which is what GC riders are definitely going to try with this parkour, like, like Hoglich also did this year. Um, yeah, you also need to make sure that you don't uh, get dropped very hard on that climb because it's already a very tough one. Like there's a, a big flat part in the middle and it's still 6.2% for 12 kilometers. So that's a tough climb. 
Do you think um, such a hard opening weekend will scare the GC riders? Because they won't know where they are, at which level they are riding. Some of them might even focus on week three. And then such a hard opening stages is tricky. You will have the situation where um, the guys, you guard, like, can't win. Uh, on strengths, but he'll definitely already try something in the first weekend because why not? Like so, I think you're right about that. Uh, that the top guys are going to be scared to try something because you can already throw everything away, throw everything away in the first weekend. But other guys who are just beneath the level of the top uh, guys will, yeah, try everything in the in the first weekend already. Um. If I counted it correctly, there will be eight or nine sprint finishes. That means this will be an interesting Grand Tour for sprinters, no? Yeah, definitely. Um, Chiro's sprint level hasn't been amazing the last years. I think we can say that. I think they maybe uh, want to change that and attract bigger sprinters. Uh, yeah, maybe yeah, Van Aert isn't top top sprinter but yes yeah, <laughs> he can do about everything and i read that he had in- interest to go but i'm having a lot of doubts about that top uh, topic to be honest because also for Pogacar going next year purely because of the olympics well Wout said he'd seen it all at the tour de france and that he is indeed interested in once going to giro d'italia so yeah it might open up an opportunity for him if he goes there Yeah, definitely. Well, next year, not. Uh, don't do it next year. Also, Pogacar, uh, you need to the France for for Olympics, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Let's go to stage six, um, which is a stage with uh, Sterati. There are three of them, uh, making it 11.6 kilometers of off-road racing. Do you think that will make a big difference? I don't know, it's, the stage is relatively easy, so I think it'll it'll be all right to be honest. And also the the two biggest sections follow uh, each other very closely, and they are like 40 kilometers from the finish, and then a short one 50 kilometers from the finish. So I don't think uh, that will have an influence on the race. I agree on that, but that makes me also wonder. Why would you put a stage like that into Giro d'Italia if it doesn't make any difference? Then just use some. Don't don't take the off-road part of it. Yeah, exactly. Even if it would make a difference, don't put a Sala Bianchi or Roubaix stage in a Grand Tour. Okay, the, all the excitement is fun, but it's not fun if you're a GC rider weighing 60 kilos and you fly over the uh, over the cobbles. Uh, yeah. We've got two individual time trials as well, um, which makes 68 kilometers um, of fighting against the clock. That's a pretty huge amount. Yeah, Davin Gozi uh, doesn't need to go for GC in, in this <laughs> deal. <laughs> yeah, that's a significant amount. Um, they obviously want to try and get Remco back on the, the This this parkour would be an amazing opportunity to be honest, but it's exactly it's not going to happen. 
Uh, I th- I think they won the Filippo Ganna at the start. Yeah, that will happen from what I've uh, read. Yeah, the guy focuses uh, purely on uh, the Olympic time trial. So he doesn't want uh, to ride Tour de France so he can uh, solely train on, on the time trial. And I think also the track uh, for the Olympics. So that's, uh, yeah. Have you read anything about a Grand Tour debut of uh, Joshua Tarling? Yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Do you think those individual time trials will make big gaps in GC? <laughs> the first time trial is a killer. 30 kilometers flat, uh, so on the big gear, and then uh, a pretty pretty nasty nasty profile the, the last seven kilometers. So, yeah, uh, you have done a 40, 40, 35 minute, 40 minute effort, and then you have to uh, start climbing. Yeah, that's that's brutal. What do you think of the combination of um, stage seven, the time trial, and stage eight, which uh, finishes on Prati di Tivo? I think it's really interesting that the time trials com- comes first instead of uh, the mountaintop finish. That all. Riders still go go very deep in a time trial, but it's not a five six hour stage, so we'll have fresher legs uh, in that stage. Uh, that's for sure. So, yeah, and that's a very very interesting stage to be honest. It's it's a, a stage which makes which makes possible to to race all day. You have uh, not that long climb and then a long climb in the beginning. Then, uh, like rolling stage the whole day, and then part of the team also. That's that's also brutal. The amazing stage, in my opinion. We've got six mountaintop finishes in the first Grand Tour of the season. Do you think that's enough? Um, Giro organizer Moro Veni he expects a big battle, and he said that the past editions, uh, the difficulty level, um was too high and it kind of blocked the race. Do you think that will be difficult now that we will see a more aggressive race? Yeah, stage 20 is it's made for uh, yeah. If if GC is close before that stage, we're going to see fireworks. It's so yeah. I also thought first like ah, but yeah, I agree with what Vanya says. To be honest, uh, the the race is made for for a killer last week, and you can also already take your opportunities in the in the first two weeks. It's a lot less mountain top finishes, but there are some for for the guys who already want to play their cards in the first two weeks. So it's a good route in my opinion. What's your opinion on stage twenty with the double ascent of Monte Grappa? But not yeah, a mountaintop finish. It it's a finish after yeah, the descent. Yeah. Yeah. Saw that and I was also like, yeah, uh, I don't see the advantage of not finishing on the climb. Maybe yeah, logistic wise, but I don't know whether that's the case. Yeah. Uh, like imagine 
a 30 second difference between Garapaz and Doug Jogenart for the win. Yeah, those, yeah, it's their own choice, obviously, but you're going to risk everything in, in that descent. If, if Garapaz, if Garapaz takes the lead and then they're like on seconds. Do you know if the descent of Monte Grappa is a technical one? No, to be honest, I don't know climbs in Italy that well, so I don't have an idea. Let's hope it's not too technical then. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a steep descent, though. So the first, yeah, yeah, could make for for a very dangerous situation. Like the descent doesn't even need to be technical. Uh, in a case like that, yeah, I don't like it. Watching the 21 stages on paper. Which stages will be the most crucial, you think? Yeah, 20 is, is very crucial. Um, uh, stage 17 is also a kilojoules beast for long climbs. If you're a guy with who can handle big volume, like like Vingegaard, I'm not saying he's going there, but like a really really pure climber like him and you have a good team you can yeah just yeah you're going to look with uh, at that stage and be very happy because that's killer uh we're going to see gc guys come in at five minutes or more that day two pretty hard stages uh the days before so stage 17 and stage 20 are the are the two most important stages, in, uh, in my opinion. I'm curious to hear your opinion about uh, 16 with Paso de los Telvio from the very beginning. Yeah. And then it's kind of, yeah, a rather easy finish. Yeah, it's from the one side you see it and you think, what is this? But from the other side, we're going to have uh, a break with climbers, maybe even some GC guys in it. And then a big flat part, and then still a pretty pretty tough climb to be honest, because there's a, a descent in the, in the middle and long flat parts, but it's still 23 kilometers at five percent, and at the end uh, it gets really it gets really steep. So I think that could make for a very interesting uh, yeah situation like the uh, like with with Kuz or with Hindley in the in the tour. Uh, in the Vuelta, something like that. I have the feeling that's going to it's going to happen there. Um, you already talked about Tadej Pogacar. Um, it's Moroveni's dream to get him at the start uh, of Giro d'Italia, and he says that this course should make it possible to do the double Giro d'Italia Tour de France. What's your opinion? I'm going to be a bit rude here. That Pogacar can't even beat uh, Vingegaard if he only does the tour. How is he going? Why would he first do the Giro to then get this as beaten even more in the tour? So, and, and definitely not next year with, uh, with the Olympics. You, you, uh. Exactly. Um, I think Giro Tour is a double that's not possible. Definitely not when you want to win against Vingegaard. But I think the the double Giro Vuelta that that's possible. And if Pogacar is at the start of Giro d'Italia in 2024, 
I think that's the schedule he'll follow, Giro and Vuelta. And then it opens up opportunities for uh, Ayuso at Tour de France, your big favorite. <laughs> yeah, Ayuso definitely wants to go. He already said that uh, several times, but I just don't see it, happen- don't see it happening next year, uh, purely because of uh, the Olympics. Doing Giro, and then you have the Olympics two and a half months, maybe even a bit less, but you first need to rest after a Grand Tour, uh, because if you don't, uh, you'll end up as Mathieu van der Poel uh, last year. Uh, and then you also need to train again in like one and a half months. Yeah, I, I really don't think Pogaccia is going to do the Giro next year, purely because of the Olympics. Of course, we don't know um which GC riders are targeting Giro d'Italia in 2024. But looking at this course, um, who suits it? Who suits it? Fingergast, I think. <laughs> the, the triple stage 15, 16, 17, and then stage 20. If you send all the all the best GC riders to this, Fingergast wins with, that, with about every Grand Tour profile you can imagine, I think. What about Jumbo Visma if Vinegar goes to the tour? Um, who do you think is going to Giro d'Italia? Belgsman uh, might get an opportunity again. For the rest, mm, not that much amazing names left, to be honest. Maybe uh, Jorgensen? Goose. Uh, Hmm. I don't see it in him doing, going for the competing. I, I love the guy. Uh, I'm a big fan, but I don't see, uh, yeah, I don't see it in him to compete for top five or podium in a, in a grand tour. Maybe, maybe Kuz. Uh, if you like Kuz, the dream is alive. <laughs> this, this would be half time trials though. Yeah. But if you look at the, at the climbing stages, amazing for Kuz. Absolutely. Um, if Bogacar and Ayuso both go to to the France, it might open up opportunities for Adam Yates or uh, Jao Almeida once again. Yeah, Adam Yates. If I was Adam Yates, I would definitely go to Zero. Like um, he showed that he made a big step with uh, UAE. Um, this also shows that. Yeah, in my opinion, Ineos training the last few years are, are it's really slacking. Um, we've seen it on numerous occasions. Um, but with a big stack being made, like which GC rider outside of Pogacar, Fingegaard, Ayuso Roglic is going to beat uh, NMB8 top shape? I don't think anyone can do that. Okay, Dieter, um, is there anything you would like to add about this course of Giro d'Italia 2024? Hmm. No, I think we've said about everything. All right, then the only thing left is thanking you for joining and uh, thank you to the audience for, uh, for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button and uh, see you next time. Bye-bye.
Nein.